Welcome to One Cause Church. We hope you enjoy this inspirational message. I've got a message for all of you uh, that I've titled, There's an Easier Way. I, I want you all to know this morning that there's an easier way. I want you to leave this service knowing that there's an easier way. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 30, for my yoke is easy to bear and the burden I give you is light. There is an easier way, the way that God has for you. It's easier. The things that he wants for you, it's easier. And, and I'm gonna be talking a little bit about trials and, and things that come into your life um, to, to, to try to take the word of God away from you. You know, trials are simply things that, that come and try to steal your faith. They, they, they're opposition to your faith. And I want to talk about uh, how we respond to those because how we respond is going to determine how we live. And, and I'm here to let you know that, that you don't have to live a life that's difficult. Uh, so many Christians think that because you're Christian, that, that life has to be difficult, that things have to be hard, that there's things that you have to go through because you're a Christian. But I'm here to tell you this morning that there is an easier way. So many people, I, I hear so many people ask, why does life have to be so hard? Why do things have to happen to me? Why do I have to go through these things? And, and I'm here to tell you that there is an easier way. Life does not have to be hard. So often, as human beings, I think it's in our nature to try to complicate things, to make things harder than they really need to be. And, and we spend so much time overanalyzing and overthinking and overcomplicating and, and asking why and wondering how come and what for. And, 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 and we just make things so difficult. Uh, when I was in college, I, I took this manufacturing engineering class, which was actually a lot of fun. Like, I loved it. We did some really cool field trips. We got to go see, yeah, we did field trips in college. It was awesome. Uh, we got to go tour the General Motors facility near UT Arlington. That was, like, the coolest by far. And we got to go see some other cool things. And, and my professor was really cool because he had a lot of awesome stories because he'd worked in the industry for so long. And he told us about this company. And they manufactured a certain product. And, and they had this assembly line and everything was automated and the product would be assembled and it would go down the line and it would have the parts added to it and it would be completed and at the end of the line, uh, it would be placed into a box, the box would be packaged and it would be shipped to a customer. Again, everything was, was completely automated, uh, but the workers and the management started noticing that there was an issue. They started noticing that some of the boxes that were being shipped out actually were being shipped empty that the product wasn't being placed inside the box like it should be. So, so they launched an investigation. They actually hired a consulting firm to come in and to analyze their process and to tell them what was going wrong and why it was going wrong and what they could do to fix it. And they spent something like a quarter of a million dollars hiring this firm to come in and do it. And it took you know, probably a couple months for them to do all their research. For, and, and at the end of this time period, they presented this beautiful plan. It was elaborate, it was creative, it solved the issue, it was expensive, it took a lot of time, and, and they were ready to implement this plan. Well, one day, the, the, the management went down to the factory line, and they noticed that the workers had already come up with their own solution. They noticed that they'd set up a giant box fan beside the assembly line, so whenever an empty box came by, it would just blow it off, and then it wouldn't be shipped to a customer. There's an easier way. Things don't have to be complicated. You don't have to overthink it. You don't have to overanalyze it. Things can be easy for you. Life can be easy. You can enjoy life. Do you know that? As a Christian, you can enjoy life. Life should be fun. Life should be exciting. Life should be an adventure. There's an easier way for you. And I'm going to tell you three things about this easier way. The first is that know what's from God 
The second, learn from the better teacher. And third, have faith in the trial. This first one, know what's from God. Because when you're in a trial, when trials come, you've got to know what's from God and what's not from God. You've got to be able to identify, is this from God? Because if it is, I want it in my life. Or is this not from God? Because if it's not, I don't want that in my life. You've, you've got to always go back to God's word to identify what he wants for your life, what he has to bring you. And I'm here to tell you that God does not send you trials. He does not send you sickness He does not punish you. He does not put you through pain and misery. That is not God's way. And I can actually prove that to you in John chapter 10, verse 10, where it says, the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. And Jesus made it very clear what Jesus, his purpose was, and what the enemy's purpose was. Jesus, life, enemy, death. I recently just watched the new Wreck-It Ralph movie, The Ralph Breaks the Internet. Yeah, sometimes I, I get bored and watch kid shows. Any of you parents in here seen that? Probably, okay, good. So I'm, I'm not alone. Some of you have seen it too. Um, but I, I watched it. It was actually kind of fun. But there's a point where Ralph, he's this internet fictional character, uh, and he, he gets this virus to go launch into this game. And, and so he lets the virus go, and this virus is designed to go and find every insecurity that, that it can and exploit those insecurities and basically destroy everything that it can find. And that's what this virus was designed to do. It's a really funny show, but, but the enemy has one mission for your life. It's to take you down. It's to take you out. It's to, it's to hurt you. It's to kill you. And it's to destroy you. And if you let it, that's what he'll do. But Jesus came to give you life. He came to give you a, a rich and a satisfying life, a life filled of happiness, of joy, of peace, of good things. That's what God came to do, and, and the devil came to kill. You can always identify if something is from God by asking yourself, is this bringing me life or is this bringing me death? Because that will immediately tell you what's from God and what's not from God. And, and some people, they'll say, okay, well, well, God doesn't bring bad things. He doesn't cause bad things. But some people say that God will allow bad things to happen. Uh, but I want to I challenge that a little bit as well. You know, in the United States, we have a lot of laws, right? And if someone breaks a law, there's certain circumstances where if you witness that thing happen and don't report it, or if you know that things happen and you don't, is, is going to happen and you don't report it, Uh, or you know some information about that event and you choose not to do something about it, there are situations where you can be just as culpable as the person that committed that crime. You can be just as guilty even though you're not the one that did it. So uh, I'm here to tell you, God's not just sitting back and watching things happen to you because he'd be just as responsible as the devil is for making bad things happen if that was the case. But Jesus, he came to give you life and not more abundantly. He, He came and he healed everybody. He didn't just heal some people. He didn't just sit back and watch people suffer, but he healed every single person. I want to talk about healing specifically for a moment. In Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, God says this. He says, I am Jehovah Rapha, which means I am the Lord that heals. God introduces himself as a healer, and this is his identity. This is who he is. He's a a physician. Sometimes you hear Jesus or God referred to as the great physician, Uh, because they heal. That's what they do. That's what a physician does. If you've been in the medical field or or maybe you've heard about the Hippocratic Oath, um, it's basically a set of ethics that has governed how uh, medicinal practices are conducted. It's it's basically like the ethics behind it. Uh, You may recognize the phrase, first do no harm, 
You know, as a physician, you're governed by a certain set of ethics. You're required to render aid. You have a responsibility to help everybody that you can help. In the United States, there's actually a law that was passed. It's called the Emergency Medical Treatment and Active Labor Act. And what that says is if you're a physician, you're required to help somebody in, in uh, an instance of emergency. You can't turn somebody away for certain emergencies. Uh, because if you do, you're going to be culpable. Again, you're going to be guilty for, for not rendering aid. As a physician, you have a responsibility to help everybody. And because God is the great physician, he has a responsibility to heal you. He can't just sit back and let bad things happen to you because that's not who he is. He is a healer, and he is here to heal you. You've got to understand that God's will for you is good that he only has good for you, and that he doesn't just sit back and let bad things happen. You've got to know God's will. You've got to know what's from God. The second thing I want to tell you is to learn from the better teacher. Learn from the better teacher. Many people accept trials and, and give up in the trials because they think that there's something to learn in the trial. And I'm here to tell you, yes, you can learn from your trials. You can learn from your experiences, and I, I ple please, I hope you do. I hope you choose to learn in every situation that you find yourself in, but I'm also here to tell you that there's an easier way to learn, and, and you don't have to learn through your trials. And, and Jesus actually told us that easier way to learn in John chapter 14, verse 26, where he said, but when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything that I have told you. You don't have to go through trials to learn a lesson because you've got the Holy Spirit inside of you who teaches you everything, who guides you into all truth. He's there to give you the answer for every situation so that you don't have to learn things the hard way. The Spirit of God will teach you everything that you need to know. That's how God works. That's his method, and that's his plan for you. There's nothing that your trial can teach you that you can't learn from God. I'm going to say that again. There's nothing that your trial can teach you that you can't learn from the Holy Spirit. He teaches you everything, and you don't have to live a miserable life just so you can learn a lesson. God doesn't employ bad things to teach you a lesson. When I was in college, I joined the student ministry, a really big student ministry, and they were doing awesome things on campus. There was probably two or 300 students. Um, but I, I quickly realized that, that we had a lot of theological differences um, and it, it became kind of difficult for me to be a part of that. Uh, but I met a lot of great friends, and, and they're doing great things. And I'll still keep in touch with some of them to this day. But uh, one day, we were having this event where we did small groups. And then we, we came together and did this giant ice cream social. And so uh, we, this was the first small group I'd been to. And sure enough, what do we talk about? We talk about healing, one of the most controversial things you can talk about. Uh, and so they start talking about how, how they believe that healing, is, I mean, that sickness is is given to you to teach you a lesson by God. And you know, they, they use a couple scriptures out of context. And I'm, I'm trying not to like, you know, jump in. And I'm trying to be nice about how, how I talk to them about it. But they asked for my opinion. And, and so I, I, I have a chance to tell them, well, this is what that scripture actually means. This is what God actually wants for your life. God doesn't use healing to teach you a lesson. Sorry, that's how it is. And they didn't have anything to say to that, but they said, you know, we don't have all the answers, but let me take you to my leader uh, after this, and, and he's got all the answers that you need. I'm like, no, like, that's really okay. You don't need to do that. Uh, but sure enough, at the Ice Cream Social, they brought the leader over this whole organization. They, they brought him to me to explain 
why God sends sickness to teach you a lesson. And like, he comes up to me and says, so I heard you had some questions about, about healing. I'm like, no, no, sir, I don't. I really don't. Like, I'm okay. He's like, no, no, it's okay. Like, I'd love to talk about it. I'm like, okay. And so you know, he starts talking about scriptures and talks about the thorn in the flesh. And I explain, well, in context, this is what that means. And this is what thorns are used to represent in the Bible. And, you know, we go through the whole spiel. And he gives me another scripture. And I say, this is what that means. And, and at the end of it, he, he didn't really have anything to say because you know, he, he thought about it for a second. He said, well, let me try this. Let me explain it this way. There's this girl in our student ministry. And she's got this debilitating back problem where she's confined to a wheelchair and she's in pain 24-7, excruciating pain. And he said, we've learned to accept that God is putting her through that to teach her a lesson. And that just broke my heart, that, that this girl had just accepted that situation in her life that she chose just to give up because she didn't know that there was an easier way, that, that there was, there was a, a better way to learn, that she didn't have to go through that sickness to learn a lesson and it also broke my heart that, that he, he used his personal experience to justify what he believed. He, he didn't have, I, I found that, that when people, um, when, they can't, when they can't prove what they believe with Scripture, they often turn to their own experiences. And almost like their personal experiences are more powerful than the Word of God. And, and they start using that to teach a lesson. And they start using that to put their faith in when the truth is that the Word of God is more powerful than your situation. And you have to be completely convinced of what the Word of God says. Pastor Eric always says something to the effect that, that true Christian maturity is learning not to argue with God. It's choosing to accept that the Word of God is true, that God is real, that what He wants for your life is the real deal, and not putting up with anything less than what the Word of God says. That's what true Christian maturity looks like. You've got to decide to make the Word of God the governing authority in your life. Listen, you've all been through things. We've all been through things. I've been through things. You know, a lot of us are in here going through trials in our life right now, and and I'm not, to, I'm not here to discount that. I'm not here to tell you that that thing's not real. I'm not here to tell you that it doesn't hurt because I know, I know it hurts. I know it's hard, but you've got to decide that you're going to put your faith in God above any situation that you find yourself in because it's that faith that'll get you out of that trial. It's that faith that is your victory. It's the victory that overcomes the world. And you've got to learn from the Holy Spirit and, and decide that you're not going to have to learn your lessons from the trial. I hate to break it to you, but there's, there is no point to suffering. A lot, a lot of people, they want to believe that suffering has some divine purpose, that, that it all means something, that it's all going to come together and make sense at the end, but I'm here to tell you that's not true. The suffering in your life, it has no purpose, and I know sometimes that's hard to accept, but it's the truth. You know, there, there's nothing that, that suffering can do for your life that God can't. You've got to decide to put the word of God first. You gotta choose to put aside your experiences, put aside what you've learned from yourself, what, what you've been through, the, the, the feelings that you felt. You've gotta decide to look past all that and step out in faith and trust God. And the spirit teaches us through the word of God. That's how we learn. The Bible, it, it's, it's a whole book of lessons, stories, letters, amazing things that, that people went through and that, that people taught, and it's all written for you to learn from. You know, we, we've got a, a whole book of, of stories that the apostles went through, that Jesus went through, that the kings went through, all of these things that they had to learn the hard way. 
and that they learned and that they, they taught a lesson from that. And we can look at other people's lives so that, that we can learn from other people's lives so that we don't have to repeat the same mistakes that other people made. There's so much wisdom in the Bible. King Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, wrote so many proverbs, so many tidbits of wisdom for your life that, that are so applicable, that are so relevant. There's more wisdom in the Bible than you can ever find from any philosopher, any theologian. The Bible has everything that you need to know. And if you're lacking wisdom or knowledge in your life, then I want to encourage you to turn to the Bible because it's got all the answers that you need. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2, Paul said, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. This is a beautiful lesson that Paul teaches about patience. He teaches you about patience. But I ask myself, why would Paul waste time writing all these letters and, and trying to teach lessons to all these churches if these people were just going to have to learn these lessons the hard way? Why would he waste time teaching us to have patience if we were just going to have to learn patience from sickness? It doesn't make sense. You know, Paul, he went through more than any other Christian has ever, I, I would say, has ever been through uh, that I know of. Um, you know, he was shipwrecked, he was stoned, he was killed multiple times, that's a real thing. Uh, he, was given, uh, he was beaten five times, and each time it was 39 lashes with a Roman scourge, and that's a lot. Like, that's not an, an easy punishment. He was beaten with rods, he was shipwrecked, he was in prison. He went through so much, and he, I, I would have felt like he had every right to stand up and say, listen, everybody, I've been through a lot in my life. I've been through so many things that have made me who I am. I've learned so many lessons from my trials and my tribulations, but I didn't see him doing any of that. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10, he stood up and he said, By the remarkable grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not with, without effect. Listen, your trials don't define you. Your past experiences don't make you who you are. The things that you've been through don't shape you. They don't mold you. And to think that they have any kind of power over your life to define who you are and to, to define your identity like that, that's ridiculous. It's by the grace of God. God, that you are who you are. It's by the grace of God that you're standing where you're standing today and, and nothing else, just the grace of God. That's, that's, that's how we are made. That's, that's how we become who we are. It's the grace of God, not the things that we go through. I, I, when I started coming to the church in, in high school, I started hearing testimonies. Uh, and if you don't know, a testimony is just a story about what God's done in your life. And I started hearing all these amazing testimonies, like God restored my marriage, God um, he healed me from addiction. He um, set me free. Like He helped me out of, out of drugs and alcohol and all sorts of things. And, and I used to think, wow, like these stories are so amazing. And, and, and then I, I started thinking, like, man, I don't have a story like that. I started thinking, like, man, how am I ever going to affect somebody if I haven't been through something like that, if, if I don't have a lesson like that that I, I can share with people? But, but then I started to realize that there's a testimony in itself of not having to go through something. Because the truth is you don't have to go through something. You can learn from the word of God. You can learn from other people's experiences. You don't have to ever experience it the hard way. And I guarantee you the people who have been through those things, they would tell you, they would say, I hope to God that you never have to go through that. Because it's painful. It stinks. It's hopeless. It's horrible. Nobody wants to go through those things. And the good news is that you don't have to. You don't have to. You can learn without ever having to go through a trial. It's true. And you can choose, choose to learn through your, your trial and your experience, or you can choose to learn through the Word of God, through the Holy Spirit. This third thing I want to tell you is to have faith in the trial. Have faith in the trial. 
because in the end, trials will come your way. Your faith will be tested. Jesus warned us that in this world, you will have tribulation. But thank God he didn't just stop there and say, you're going to have trouble. No, no, he continued by saying, but I do not fear because I have already overcome the world. He didn't just leave us with the fact that there's going to be trouble in your life, but he left us with the answer, and that's Jesus Christ. It's our faith that overcomes the world. Our faith is the victory, and you have the power to overcome every situation that you're faced with, every single trial. God gave us the ability to overcome these trials. That's our faith in God. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13 says, No temptation has overtaken you except as such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. The word temptation is the same Greek word that's used in other, in other verses for trial. But he'll not allow you to be tried or tempted beyond what you're able. The, the Greek word for able is the word dunamai. And it may sound familiar for you, because uh, if you've heard the Greek word for power, which is dunamis, it's a derivative of that. Dunamis is the power of God, the miracle-working power of God that we all have through the Holy Spirit. We all have a power that lives inside of us. And dunamai is a derivative of that, and it means the ability to do something. So if we replace that in, in that scripture, what it's saying is God will not allow you to be tempted beyond your ability to do something about it. That means with every trial that comes your way, with every temptation, with, with everything that's thrown in your direction, you have the answer, and you have the ability to do something about it. He's given you the answer, and that's your faith in Christ. And so when a trial comes, you've got to make the decision, how are you going to respond? In James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow, so let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. A lot of people uh, look at, point to the scripture to say, no, no, God gives you trials because you learn something from it. But I want to really look at this to understand what, what we're talking about here. It says that it's the testing of your faith. The testing, the Greek word for testing means uh, it, it, there's an assumption in it that it's proved, it's tried, and, and proven true, okay? So with the testing of your faith, it's not just are you going to fail or are you going to pass? No, there's an assumption that you're going to have faith, that when the trial comes, that your, your faith is going to be tested because you have faith and you're going to come out victorious. That's what the assumption in this verse is. But it doesn't say that the troubles build your endurance. It says that it's the testing of your faith that builds endurance. You see, the, the trials are not what make you stronger. The trials are not what build that endurance and that stamina and that patience. No, it's your faith in the trial that makes you stronger. It's, it's your faith, despite the opposition, that helps you grow and helps you to become better. If you just sit back and let life beat you up, you're always going to be beaten up. You're always going to be broken. You're always going to be hurting, and things will not get better. There's not going to be any growth in that. I hate to tell you, but there's not. But if you stand up and you choose to exercise your faith in God, then you will grow. You will become stronger. Things will become easier for you. Don't accept the trial. Don't just take every, every storm that's thrown your way. Don't, don't just give up. Don't, don't, don't be scared of what's coming your way, but, but take the opportunity and trust God and choose to have faith despite the trial. And it says that when a, a trouble of any, com any kind comes your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. We just talked about uh, that the, the door is open. You know, we just had that awesome series and, and how an, this is an opportunity. 
And so trials are, are an opportunity for joy, not because we're looking forward to the trial, not because we're going to learn from the trial, but when the trial comes, there should be an excitement because this is an opportunity to prove your faith. It's an opportunity to grow and exercise that faith, to, to prove who God is, to prove who, what his will is for your life. Um, I recently went to, went to dinner with someone, one of my friends, and uh, I, he always gives me a hard time about being generous to people. I, I like to bless people when I can. I like to, if I can pay for their dinner or, um, I don't know, give or whatever I can, I, I like to do that for people, and he just always gives me a hard time about it. And so, like, I was taking care of the bill. I think we went to, to dinner at Chili's, um, and I left something. It was like a 5 or $10 tip. It wasn't, like, a big deal, but, you know, it was probably more than what I, I should have tipped. Um, and he made a big deal about it. He said, are you kidding me? Like, you're leaving that much money for the waiter? Like, one, that the service wasn't even that great. Two, that's more than what you should have tipped. And I said, come on, man. Like, hey, it's, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, I might not have a lot of money, but this is my opportunity just to trust God. You know, this, this is a, a, a trial that I, I can just choose to, to put my faith in God in. And it, it doesn't matter to me what the service was. This is a, a chance to bless somebody. And, and he kept, kept just giving me a hard time about it. And so something just clicked in me. I'm like, I, I need to really show him who God is. I don't think that, like, he's, he's got it in his mind that, like, this is dumb. And, and I'm like, I just, I just need to prove it. And so I told him, I said, okay, here's what's going to happen. And so I took out the rest of my money in my wallet. It was like 10 bucks or so, and I left that as a tip in addition to it. And, and I said, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to leave everything, all the money I have, as a tip. And, and he starts freaking out. He's like, why, why would you do that? This is ridiculous. You're being childish. Like, this is dumb. I'm like, no, no, here's what's going to happen. Because God's got my back. I'm not worried about it. Now, I'm going to show you that sometime tomorrow, God's going to bring that money back to me. He's going to somehow find some unexpected avenue of, of someone's just going to give me money or something's going to happen where God's going to give that back to me. And, and I'm going to show you that this is a real thing. And so he's like, yeah, right, huh, no, whatever. And so go home, go to sleep. Wake up the next morning, like 6 a.m., to go get coffee, and I have a notification on my phone from one of my friends. She cash-apped me like six or ten bucks or something to go get coffee that morning. And it was just like, hey, enjoy some coffee on me. I'm like, I will, thank you. And I screenshotted it, and I sent it to him. And, and he was like, wow, like that's crazy that, that God actually does that. That's so cool. And, and it was just a chance to prove who God was to him. When you choose to stand in faith, you're going to prove the will of God every single time. When you choose to trust God despite your circumstance, he's never going to disappoint you, and he'll never let you down. He'll come through for you every single time. As some of you in here, uh, maybe, you're, maybe you're in a trial right now. Uh, a lot of you probably are. You're, you're facing some opposition. You're going through something, and, and it, it hurts. It's painful. It's, uh, maybe you've gotten to a place where, like, maybe you've been having faith, and, and just haven't seen things change, and maybe you're feeling like giving up, but I'm here to tell you, don't give up. Keep having faith, because the victory is already yours, and that's your faith in God. But maybe you've chosen to just accept that trial, or maybe you've, you've given up in that trial, and, and just let yourself be, be whipped to and fro wherever the, the wind goes, wherever the trial takes you, and then you're just tired of fighting. But I want to tell you, don't get tired of fighting. Don't stop. Don't give up. Keep trusting God, and then sometimes it feels like it's so difficult to trust God in that situation. Like it, sometimes it feels like it's almost easier just to accept the trial than to have faith in God, and, and it may seem like that, but I'm, I'm here to tell you that it's not. 
that having faith in God is as easy as it sounds. And it starts with, with, with the words that you say, the things that you speak, the series that we just had where Pastor Eric talked about uh, the controlling your thoughts, taking them captive. It, it starts with all of that, but you've got to make the decision to trust God and to put your faith in him no matter what. You know, maybe, maybe uh, I actually meet people who, who feel like the trial that they're going through is their cross to bear. Like, they've got to do their fair share in you know, spreading the gospel or whatever, so they're bound to a miserable life. And I actually meet a lot of people who, who talk like that um, and just accept these trials because they feel like if they accept it, it one, it'll, it'll make them feel better or it'll help somebody else or there's some divine purpose. But no, no, life will be better for you and for everyone else if you choose to overcome, if you choose to fight. I, I meet a lot of people who who feel like they have to be miserable, whether it's, it's their relationship, whether it's their job situation, whatever, they feel like they have to bear that so that somebody else can have a good life. Maybe it's their children, maybe it's their spouse, whatever. But, but they feel like if I take this bullet, if I choose to, to face all of this, to be miserable, well, somebody else can have a good life. No, there's not, this isn't a either or, this is a everybody Everybody through faith in God, you all can have a good life. Life will be so much better for you and for everyone else if you choose to, to stand up in faith and choose to trust God. Stop settling for sickness because you're maybe afraid of believing for better. Stop settling for the things the way that things have always been because that's what the doctors have said. Stop settling for, for this trial that you've been facing just because you've been facing it for so long you don't think that at any point this can change because it's been too long. Stop settling. Stop giving up. Just put your faith in God and continue to trust him because I, I promise you, life will be so much better. I promise. Choose to know what's from God. Learn from the better teacher. Have faith in the trial. Don't give up. God's with you. He's for you. He's not against you. He's there to fight your battle for you and, and, and just keep trusting him. No matter what, Dave, you want to come jump up here? I'd like for everyone just to bow your heads for just a moment. For those of you in here who are, are facing a trial this morning or in life or, or throughout the week, whatever it is, maybe it's in your job, maybe it's in your relationship. Uh, and I know that that's probably a lot of people here because this is something that I feel like applies to everybody. If, if you're in here and you've given up and you've become discouraged or maybe you, you've had the wrong mindset about your trial, and you're ready to change that mindset, you're ready for things to change in your life, I'm gonna ask you just to raise your hand. I'd like to pray with you. If that's you in here going through a trial, Father, I thank you for every hand raised. I thank you that you know what they're going through. You know the things that they're facing. You know the pain that they've experienced. You know the negativity that they've faced. You know the brokenness that they're going through, God, but I thank you that you haven't left them, that right now you're with them, that you're their ever-present help in time of need, that you're, you're taking their hand and you're pulling them through, God, that, that this trial, the storm may be raging around them, God, but it's not raging in them. I thank you for the peace of God that passes all understanding and thank you that it will guard their heart and their mind and I thank you that you're with them every step of the way. You'll never leave them. You'll never forsake them. You haven't forgotten them. It's not too big. It's not too small. They're not too far gone, God, you're with them. Every situation, every problem, every trial, I thank you for healing. I thank you for restoration. I thank you for peace in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Don't give up. 
keep trusting God. He's with you. He's not going to let you down. He's there every single time. Thank you for listening, and we hope you enjoyed the message. For more information about One Cause Church, please visit us online at onecausechurch.com.